Hey, this is Brendan. And this is Vargas. And we're from Debates on Tap, here to tell you to come join us and some of our podcast friends on Sunday, March 6th. We're hosting a Mario Golf charity tournament to help raise money and awareness for Hope House, a domestic violence shelter here in Kansas City. We'll be at Cinderblock Brewery at 1 p.m. on March 6th, battling our friends from First Issue Club, Who the Hell is This For, and Nightmare Junkhead, and 18 Holes of Pure Chaos. Every donation you make to Hope House can also turn the tide in the favor of your favorite podcast. Not to mention, every donation gets you entered to win some amazing prizes, including free beer for a year from our friends at Boulevard. Mm, we should have led with that. Yeah, the free beer for a year. Yeah, most likely. So come on out to Center Block on March 6th at 1 p.m. and have fun with us for a great cause. Free beer for a year! What's that? Polka? No. The Metal. You know, Vargas, a lot of people uh, they'll they'll they've they come at you. They say things like, uh, "You're predictable." Yeah, you're boring. Yeah, but I think you're consistent. Thanks. And much like the band, one of the bands we're going to talk about today, Amonamarth, yeah. you're consistently mm-hmm. good. So no, don't listen to the. I don't care what no, they say. Go about ahead you. and roast me. Don't listen to them. Go ahead and roast me. I well, I would never roast you. you. I'm just. I just said a good. You're consistent. You shouldn't be called boring or predictable. Yeah, yeah You should yeah. be called consistent. consistent. And of course, Amon Amarth is going up against Immortal, and that's something you're not, because we're all going to have to face the cold embrace of death one day. Oh, I thought you were saying I'm not the uh, fictional Mount Doom from Lord of the Rings. I'm not well, Amon you're not Amarth. that either. <laughs> you're not that either, but you're just like Amon Amarth. You also are like Immortal in that sometimes you paint your face so sometimes i paint my face oh boy well this is uh speaking of painting your face this is the onslaught this is the only heavy metal podcast in the universe where we are discovering deciding the best heavy metal band in the world today is a monomarth and immortal and i of course am brian and i am vargas the non non-immortal non-mountain you're not a mountain you're a mountain of a man i'm uh, just a person just a regular regular ass dude regular but not an ass dude you're not you're you're a, a boob guy nah more of a personality you know what they're not pieces of meat brian i'm an ass guy <laughs> so i don't know <laughs> i uh today we are of course like i said like i mentioned it's a monomarth going against immortal now these are two uh I'm, you know whenever we whenever we started this we yeah. decided to do i think i think our our categorization was they don't get like mainstream radio play right so iron it, maiden's out that was like number one yeah yeah and then we did a little little bit of plucking here and there yeah pruning i guess i should say yeah. and uh so i you know sometimes i feel like maybe we missed the mark on our own podcast a little bit like when we did mastodon last week and now we're doing gojira and immortal two bands that i think everyone knows but it's okay yeah but but the you know the the nice part about the podcast is like so immortal everybody knows immortal but like have you have you listened to blizzard beasts yeah every day every that's how i wake up never mind then (laughs) this is i'm not talking about you then (laughs) no no i get it and it's you know of course you know they may know the names but maybe they don't know the the songs behind the names and hopefully they don't know the stories behind the names because that's where we get to today i well you know what i was about to say if you know all the stories we've told on this podcast so far you should come and host with us but no. if you know all the stories that we've told so far, 
we don't want probably, you to host. <laughs> probably you don't need to be listening and probably we don't need you to host. Yeah. Because I would. Yeah. I mean, no, you're right. You're right. You should have your own podcast and let us crush that podcast. We don't have to try. We'll just do it. Yeah. We'll crush you off the air. Like not. We're not going to crush you in real life. We're gonna I might. Pu- we're going to push you off the air. I might. Well, give me your address. I'll find you. <laughs> Uh, what, do we, what do we got today? I know we do some uh, we got some heavy metal news here. Got a got a little bit of heavy metal news. Remember um, our jingle in college? You know, I tried to find that when we resurrected this. Yeah, and I couldn't could not find. I'm glad you didn't because I'm pretty sure there's an embarrassing uh, Brian impression of Bruce Dickinson on there trying to say heavy metal news. Yeah, it's awesome. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's great. I really wanted to find it. You're looking at that. The way you're saying it is almost like you're laughing at me. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> I really liked it. Uh, I um, I'm going to give uh, probably the big news, uh, or at least the most the most pertinent to uh, folks out there. Uh, it's record store day titles that are in the rock and heavy metal realm. Uh, record store day will take place on April 18th. Um, there will be a second drop June 18th for stuff that's not quite ready for the April release date. Um, so go out to your local record store on the 18th of April and pick up some of these releases. I'm looking at highlights here. Um, Alice and Shane's is doing a double LP. Black Label Society is doing a double LP. Alice Cooper, Dillinger Escape Plan, Dio. Um, Gojira is doing a live double LP, Hell which yeah. is cool. Kirk Hammett has an LP out. Uh, Judas Priest, Kitty, Motorhead, Offspring, Opeth, Pearl Jam, uh, Tesseract. So go to your local record store and pick those up. And again, I don't want to pound a drum here. Shop local. Go there. Yeah. Because that's the only place you can get them. So if you find them on eBay or something, that means somebody bought it from a record store and is now charging you more. Unless the the local store has an eBay shop. Well, sure. I guess. Don't, Don't buy it secondhand. Yeah, don't buy it secondhand. Buy it from the band or from your local record yeah. store. Yeah, but much like comics. You're in a, you, you've heard of comics, right? What? Oh, like in the newspaper? <laughs> yeah, Ziggy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, big, I'm, I'm big into Mark Trail. What? Mark Trail. He's that nature enthusiast that always like saves ducks and shit. I've never once seen that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> There's a reason. Ah, uh, I get it. It's now. bad. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it's no Ziggy. It's no, it's no Ziggy. It's no Kathy. Ack, you know what I mean? Uh, speaking of comics, Spirit Box has teamed up with uh, Z2 Comics to turn their new album, Eternal Blue, into a graphic novel. Which uh, we championed that, or I, I guess um, in one of our COVID episodes, I, I gave it some acclaim because it's really it's a really good album, yeah. and they're probably going to end up on season two of The Onslaught. Yeah. If we get renewed... Here's hoping here's, to the studio is going to recognize. Here's hoping. Uh, we're talking to Jeff Bezos about it now. Uh, well, we're talking to him uh, to try and get him to give us money that we can then uh, frivolously spend on other things we don't need just to show him, shove it up his ass. Yeah. Well, we're using him as a uh, arguing point. Yeah. Right. We're yeah, trying yeah. to get him to bid so that we can go elsewhere. That's right. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, but so Z- Z2, the company, has produced uh, comic books in tandem with metal bands for two or three years now. Um, I actually have the Dio Holy Diver graphic novel adaptation. Hell yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, they've done one for Anthrax. They've done one for, I want to say like Motorhead or something, but um, I didn't know that Eternal Blue was a, 
does it have to be a concept album or do they just take a couple songs that are like, let's turn this into that? I don't know. Well, so like the Dio thing, right? Holy Diver was not a concept album with a story, yeah. but they took the album and gave it a story. So that's probably the, probably something similar. Um, so Z2 comics pre-orders are available now. They do have a super deluxe edition with like a hardcover and a slip case and pictures and a fully functional spirit box replica. What is a spirit box? Is that uh, something to get high with? No, I, <laughs> I assume that it is like the, the Jewish tradition of you can have like a box that has like relics in it and it holds like a spirit inside of ah, it. Um, I was assuming it was like when everybody smokes weed in a car. <laughs> That's a hot box. Probably. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, a spirit, spirit box is just like when you get so high. Your spirit leaves your body yeah. and is stuck in the car. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go check that out. <laughs> um, my favorite headline of the week. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this, Brian, but uh, the it's, this is on Metal Injection, but it's been reported a couple of places. The headline is, David Ellefson can still hear the cocaine on Megadeth's first album. I did. I did see that. Uh, I think we can all hear the cocaine on that album. Uh, my favorite part about this is like just reading through it and like reading Dave's comments. You can tell that he's like, those are the days. <laughs> Dude, like, definitely. He's like, I mean, why wouldn't you though? You're <laughs> fucking, it's this new band. Everybody's in the scene, like nothing but parties. He's just yearning for that sweet sweet booger sugar again. and you know maybe and maybe it was like oh god mustaine is more tolerable back then too so like <laughs> yeah i wish yeah. i wish we could go back to those uh, days oh boy uh it just uh, the the quote i think of the interview is i can hear what color the powder was that we snorted at various tempo shifts yeah i bet i bet dave i bet you can <laughs> just got it on his guitar pick <laughs> yeah little snooter so that shit cracked me up <laughs> yeah that's good uh i'm sure a lot of those guys that are now in their 50s and 60s are yearning for the younger days yeah well dave ellison's probably yearning to be back in megadeth well probably missing that cash now nah, he's probably fine yeah he's right. probably well i don't know i don't know how people spend their money but uh i don't know maybe he's not fine maybe he's <laughs> got three jobs now that would be sad he's still getting interviewed though so he is he is good for him talking about that cocaine and he was always you know when he was in the band it was always hey you're the good dave <laughs> right you're the fun Dave. you're the fun dave oh boy you got anything you got any heavy metal news or are we on to the the, the you know what i'll say what regardless of your view on heavy metal first of all never meet your heroes that's like this you know it's kind yeah. of old and, and cliche now but um i'll say that choose your heroes wisely right whether it's you probably shouldn't have a wide receiver be your hero Uh unless you aspire to one day be in the nfl at the wide receiver wide receiver position right yeah is is the the new adage the 2022 adage does it need to be research your heroes before you make Uh, them heroes i may or maybe don't have heroes oh yeah i think that's the lesson yeah that's it take away don't have heroes be your own hero you know what? Everyone is a person, too, just like you. Everyone has flaws and is shitty. That's the takeaway. Do you think people... Okay, bear with me here. Okay. Do you think people with more plastic in their body, uh-huh. and I'm thinking Bot- Botox and lip oh, fillers yeah, yeah, and yeah, these yeah. kind of things, and, uh-huh. are they still people? I, I mean... Or are they since? Percentage-wise, they're still people. 
percentage-wise, they're water. Well, yeah, but so is everybody. So are we really people? Well, sure. I think I've been uh, spending well, too much time in the spirit box. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, in terms of meat, percentage-wise, we're bacteria. Because mm. there's more bacteria in your body than there is. A lot of single-cell bacteria brains out there, so... Yeah. That, that tracks. That tracks. That tracks. Just uh, 2022, don't have heroes. 2022, bacteria is your hero. Hey. <laughs> then you can just always backstep. Whoop, whoops. Nope, not him. A different bacteria. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's get into it. So a monomarth versus a mortal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll, I have a monomarth, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this out. So they were formed in 1992 out of the ashes of death metal band Scum, whose vocalists would go on to front Dark Funeral. Amonomarth has been releasing some of the heaviest, most consistent albums since 1998. With the, and this is studio albums. This is not EPs. They released a mini CD, all this stuff. But their first studio album came out in 90, 1998, once sent from the Golden Hall. Released on Metal Blade Records, the album was limited to 1,000 copies until it was reissued in 2005. They followed up their debut album with The Avenger in 1999 and The Crusader in 2001. In 2002, the band released Versus the World. Uh, so one thing to remember, the, in the late 90s, early 2000s, right? Metal was quote-unquote dead, right? You had Pantera. You had like uh, the grunge was, was big. I mean, obviously, it was in the early 90s. Yeah. But, you know, bands like... Um, Metallica cut their hair. Those Metallica fucking sellouts. Linkin Park, I think, was starting to like come around in the early 2000s. Yeah. So like death metal and especially such specific death metal uh viking metal which i'll get into later um was not popular right right uh i mean you can make the the argument that like florida death metal flourished in the early 90s but this is not florida and this is not the same kind of death metal right it flourished in terms of the guys who traded tapes were all about it yeah but yep that's about it yep so in 2002, the band released Versus the World, which in my humble and correct opinion <laughs> is the album that garnered them more notoriety and critical acclaim that would eventually propel them into the mountain huh? yeah. they have become in the metal world. The album still receives regular rotation in their live shows. And lest we ever forget when vocalist Johan Hegg intentionally raised his mead horn at both Vargas and myself during a show in Kansas City when we were the only people in the venue to complete the lyrics to death in fire that was that was us that was us little, little baby bride of ours. i know johan you're listening so if you remember in kansas city in like 2007 jesus christ when you were on tour uh and you screamed death in fire and you had to do it twice because nobody did it except those two tiny voices fire yeah we both had glasses and then you looked at us you raised your mug at us and then you went to the song that was us yeah yeah, I know you've been thinking about it just as much as we have over the past uh, decade or so. So there you have it. Uh, be sure to listen to like season 45 of the onslaught when I'm sure it's just going to be us talking about the good old days. <laughs> uh, you remember how much cocaine we didn't do back on the show? Uh, in 2004, the band released Fate of Norns, which capitalized on the foundation built by their previous records, but expanded on the sounds and themes uh, which produced the strongest and most mature album of their career. This album will be the springboard to launch them into international metal spotlight. What they did with this album, um, and it's funny because Brian Slagle was pretty off, um, hands off during their first four albums. Uh, and then this came, and he, this was their first album on like a new contract, right? So mm-hmm. Versus the World came out, um, and it was 
I'll get into a little bit of this later, but it was originally they the band thought they were going to be done. Oh, wow! After this album, um, so then they were like, "Okay, let's let's you know do this again." So this new contract. Um, so Fade and Orange came out, and Brian Slagle heard it, mm-hmm. and he was like, "This is like it's almost there." Yeah, and he basically told them to just lean into that melodic side, which was not as prevalent in their last four releases. Uh-huh. And this is really, and again, this is really, I said it's the springboard to launch them, and it really was because it didn't change their style. They're still death metal. They're still melodic death metal, but it, it they leaned into that melodic side, um, and you see the the releases going that way, each and each one after this one really leads leads into that melodic side, so... In 2006, uh, with Odin on Our Side was released, the first album to crack the U.S. charts, landing at 15 on the Heat Seeker. Uh, we discussed the Heat Seekers in previous episodes, but that's basically just as long as you've never charted in the U.S. before on the Billboard, you can chart on the Heat Seekers. Um, the album also garnered critical success around the world, landing on the German, Swedish, and Austrian charts. This will be the start of a pattern for the band, with them only heading upward. And it only took six albums. That's it. That's it, baby. Uh, beginning in 2008, the band would release f- uh, would release five albums, all garnering international fan and critical success. Twilight of the Thunder God, released in 2008, would debut at 50 on the U.S. Billboard Top 200, and they haven't released an album worse than number 35 since that release. I believe it. <laughs> uh, as of this recording, the band released a new single, Put Your Back Into the Oar, which not only tells the story of the Vikings and their ships, but also pays tribute to the fans of the band who have adopted a very unique style of moshing during their shows. And of course, if you've seen any live videos in the past decade or so, you will know exactly what we're talking about. They just sit. It's the most gentle form of moshing. Yeah. And it's great because they just sit on the ground and they act like they're rowing a Viking ship to the beat of the song. And it's fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, And I I think the first show it ever happened, I'm sure all the guys up there were like, this is the coolest shit <laughs> yeah. in the world. Uh, Amon Amarth have become sort of a punchline in the metal world with the joke being that all metal sounds the same. This podcast will continue to make that joke, <laughs> but we make it out of love and respect for the band because they have released maybe the most consistent and consistently good material in the past two decades. And while change is always hailed as growth, Amon Amarth have grown far beyond once sent from the golden hall and continue to grow their fan base oh, to this day. God, yes. Right? Like, <laughs> so, and it's not like they've changed styles. They've right. just gotten better. They got better. Yeah. Uh, just like we talked with Superfan Greg about how Allegiant sound was very nailed down from the beginning and they just keep tweaking it to make it, you know, better and better. Same, yeah. same shit. And that's why I mean with Fate of Norns, they really leaned into that more melodic side and everything. Yeah. Um, so, Johan. So remember, Scum was their first, the first messier, dirtier death metal band. Johan was not in that band. Uh, the members, uh, w- one or two of the members, were at uh, a metal bar in Sweden, and Final Countdown was playing. Hell yeah! And so all these like metal guys were there, and, and they all started screaming. And then they heard one dude that was like growling, and they turned around, and it was this fucking huge like Swedish Viking looking dude, and yeah. it was Johan with a demon in his mouth. Yeah, and they were like, "Do you want to like be in a band?" And he's like, "Yeah, I do. I do want to be a band." I think you mean he was like, "Yeah, I do want to be in a band." He's actually really well spoken. Yeah, uh, and very calm whenever he's in interviews. And of course he is. But he, you can tell 
that he just like I was watching an interview the Wikipedia fact or fiction that I think Loudwire does. Yeah. Um, and I've you know watched a few doing this um, show and like Mastodon. I was like, okay, that's like an interviewer the band. They're like the same size. But then you watch this one and it's like, oh, he makes the interviewer look like a child and they're both sitting down. Like there's no like it's just it's very it's very interesting. Um, so they've had a problem uh, with being labeled Viking metal. They don't call it a problem. It's not like a problem. But the but Johan specifically has said you can't no other genres based off the lyrics really i mean sort of death metal as a whole uh, but not all death metal deals with the gory blood and death stuff right? right so he's like it's not fair to he's like if you did that enslaved would be viking metal iron maiden could be viking metal like yeah. all this stuff um he's like it's not bad but he's like at the end of the day we're still a melodic death metal band that sings about vikings right uh and i just think that's interesting um for people who want to shit on viking metal and, and pirate metal it's like well you're not shitting on that you're shitting on one band from this you know whatever genre right it is um in their early days so before they signed with metal blade um they made it a point they're like we don't want to be taken advantage of so we don't want to go we don't want to seek a label out and then they'll be like oh yeah you'll have this and it's the worst deal ever kind of with uh, our children of bodum episode how they had to quit the band and then reform the band under a different name right to get out of a contract um so they had their their top three. It was Nuclear Blast, Metal Blade Records, or Earache that they were kind of like, if, if one of these approaches us, like, this is huge for yeah. us, right? Yeah. So Nuclear Blast uh, approached them first before Metal Blade did. And they sent them the you know offer and everything, and, and they were like, okay, well, let's play it cool. Let's sit on this for a while. Um, and then a week later, they got Metal Blade's offer, um, and it took Nuclear Blast's offer to make them realize how good Metal Blade's offer was, kind of. Oh, interesting. So, like, if they yeah. had received Metal Blade's first, they might have done the same thing, like, play it cool and everything. But I guess they, once they got Metal Blade's offer, they just wrote on the first page of Nuclear Blast's offer, this is laughable or, like, this is a yeah. joke or something. And they faxed it back to Nuclear Blast. <laughs> Facts. Right? <laughs> so, uh, when Nuclear Blast got that, they said later that day, like, that evening... Some guy from Nuclear Blast called them, and they were like, "Hey, like we can change everything." Blah blah. And they were like, "No, bro. Like it's, it's, too, it's late. too late." Yeah. Uh, so if you're if you own a metal or if you're trying to build a, a metal label or any kind of record label, don't short your artists that you actually believe in. Yeah. Don't uh, don't be a dick about it just to save a penny or two. Because, by the way, quick quick aside, I don't think any of us have appreciated how important Brian Slagle really is. Because it's oh, like it's like yeah. oh yeah you got Metallica like okay we get all this stuff but like all the other bands that you brought and like that you had the foresight to be like this is going to be a good band and then again he he was the one that was like changing the sound just up a little bit to really give Amonomarth that success because they uh, at, like I said they were gonna versus the world was called Ashes. And that's if you look at it, so many of the songs on it deal with like death or like the end of the world and stuff like that because they thought it was their last record because they couldn't keep up working their full time jobs that they had at the yeah. time while also being in a band. So they were like, it was the last album of their first contract. They were just like, oh, we're going to be done with it. But then once they released that album, they so they put everything they had into it basically. Right. And once they released that album, um, they started getting like headlining shows and blah, blah, blah. They're like, okay let's quit our jobs and let's like actually try to do this. Right. And then they released Fate of Norns and now they've been doing it full time, you know, ever yeah. since. So sometimes it works this, this is not a PSA to quit your job and try your dream. Do both for a while until you're certain 
no, no, no. Quit your job and chase your dream. And then when it works out, remember the two podcast hosts who inspired you. That's better. We're looking at you, Jeff Bezos. Quit your job. Pursue your yeah, dream. Yeah, bro. Pursue your dream of giving us your money. Yep. We know you love it, <laughs> but you love us more. Um, so let's see. The, uh, the last thing. So another reason that they don't like being uh, labeled as Viking metal mm-hmm. is especially in Sweden and uh, uh there's these far right political implications. Yeah. And it was, I was thinking and I was like, no, that's totally right. If I see a do if in America, if I see a white guy with like a runic tattoo, I'm like, you probably, you probably think Hitler has some good ideas. Yeah. You've probably got some other tattoos that you're hiding. Yeah. That, that maybe have two S's <laughs> right next to yeah. each other. Yeah. 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 Uh, so it's not, uh, it's not all and it, I, I'm super into Vikings like yeah. I, th- I think they're really interesting. It's a really fascinating part of history. I also understand that they killed a lot of people. They raped a lot of people and that they were generally just really like rough. I'll say rough people. Yeah, they had they had a lot of uh, out there ideas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and again, if you are in a conversation and someone describes Hitler in the ways that we just described Vikings as in that they had some weird ideas and they were rough. You probably don't want to be in that conversation. Anymore. Yeah, because they probably got like those tattoos that I talked. Yeah. About. Uh, so but it was it, it's very interesting. Like Sweden doesn't even have like a national museum about Vikings, even though it's such a big part of their culture. Supposedly, I mean, I, I get. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's like Germany probably doesn't have like, oh, this is all the Nazi stuff. Right. Or they might. I don't know, but I don't think they do. It'd be like if like does France have a Napoleon museum? I don't know. Are they like? Hmm, I mean, Napoleon didn't do a lot of raping, I would imagine. But yeah, he wasn't tall enough. <laughs> we don't have we like we don't have. Uh, look how we fucked up Hiroshima Museum. Yeah. So that's true. We we just play to the oh look how bad the Japanese hurt us in Pearl Harbor. Not that bad. There, comparatively i uh, suppose yeah uh we also didn't have to drop all the uh firebombs on citizens you know what that's a whole that's a whole different pod this is about heavy metal anyway that's why they, another reason they didn't like <laughs> uh the viking imagery uh was because of the far right implications and everybody in the band is yeah. like i mean that ain't us we like vikings but that ain't us right 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 so it was a it was a gamble for metal blade to be like keep the viking imagery like one of the dudes is even like let's go more and he it was one of the guys in the labels uh that became i don't know if there's a, their manager or not but became very good friends with them and he was the one who was like let's hire this um Hell yeah. this this group to come on and beat the shit of each other on stage the and, cosplayers or yeah whatever, yeah which is a real group of reenactors yeah. um and then you know to take it another step and build the ship that w- was a mainstay on their stage for so long yeah dude the drum riser they still use that do they yeah i mean um, it's it's smaller version, but that's what they use as a drum riser. It's yeah. like half of a longboat. And, well, and it, yeah, and originally it was just a tiny longboat. Yeah. I mean, tiny <laughs> in proportion to what it would be. Right. But, uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's a Monomarth. So, a lot of good stuff. It's cool as shit. Monomarth's good. They are good. Uh, and if you've kind of written them off and haven't listened to them in a while, I suggest you go back and listen to Fate of Norns in full. Um, and also listen to their new shit. Cause it's oh, yeah, listen to their new too. shit. I mean... <laughs> You know, when it comes out, of course, yeah. listen to new shit, but uh, just don't forget what Fate of Norns did for that band. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm going to give you a good job, Brian. I'm going to hit you with that. How's first, that first one of the series, man. I feel really good. I feel good. <laughs> uh, so I've got Immortal. 
uh, Immortal is a black metal band from Bergen, Norway, founded in 1991, which when you said Amon Amarth was founded in 1992, I do not feel like they are that old. Yeah, the, because again, they released four albums before right. people were really like, oh, look at Amon Amarth's first album. Right. Of Norway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So when you, it's like, oh, they're as old as Immortal, like, fuck, man. Yeah. Especially when you hear this, like, immortals founding like they're starting stuff mm-hmm. you're like oh shit that was a long time ago um so they were founded in 1921 by abbeth it's not a both it's abbeth i found that out yeah as his a- name is abbeth and you take a both <laughs> correct yeah uh abbeth dumaculta and demonas dumaculta after their previous band old funeral disbanded and for those of you out there who are like, Old Funeral, that sounds familiar. Well, Old Funeral's EP, Devoured Carcass, was the first recording to feature one Mr. Christian Vickerness, who would later change his name to Varg, because he's a dork who doesn't like the fact that his name is Christian. <laughs> that is such like a fucking dork thing to do. Ugh, I'm into the blackest of metal and Satan, so. But, but I can't name myself Satan Vickerness. <laughs> or can I? Mm. <laughs> He's slightly German in your representation, and I like that. Well, he's an asshole. He's got a lot of slightly German ideals. He's got a lot of really old German ideals. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm not slandering the German people now. Right. Slandering very well. I guess Hitler was Austrian, but he's got a lot of old Austrian (laughs) ideas. Uh, I just thought that was interesting that Immortal was so closely tied to. I mean, all those the early black metal scene. Yeah, I mean, all those black metal bands though are like the same, and then they all branched out. Yeah, correct. Um, so when immortal first started playing, they were far closer to morbid angel or possessed than the black metal. They would be come. Uh, however, they made the genre switch before recording and releasing their self-titled EP in 91. So no recordings exist of immortal, uh, as a death metal band, which huh. I really tried to find cause I want to hear Abbott doing morbid angel. Yeah. That'd be very interesting. <laughs> Uh, the first four albums, uh, which I did not write down the names of it's diabolical full moon mysticism, pure Holocaust battles in the North. And then to a lesser extent, blizzard beasts. Those are first four albums. Uh, the first four albums are the most traditional black metal albums they made and feature Abbott on bass and vocals, uh, demonize on guitars and a rotating drummer slot basically for every album, uh, including demonize and a both pulling drum duties. A both actually played drums on their first two albums i thought you said it was abbeth abbeth what did i say <laughs> he said a bath said the british a bath version of a of a bath uh i'm sorry not their first two albums their second and third album okay first album was armageddon anyway um blizzard beasts the band's fourth album is worth taking a closer look at uh it's notable for marking a shift away from that traditional black metal sound uh that they were playing and saw immortal embrace a lot more like thrash and death elements uh, that they would become known for in the future. Point of fact, the entire album is just under 29 minutes long, which makes it easily fittable on a single side of of a vinyl record. That's true. I just thought that was really interesting because you've seen, I've seen like 30 minute EPs. Yeah. And this was their full album. Yeah, Blizzard well, yeah, case. we've talked about EPs before and, you know, everything, but uh, I wonder if that was foresight on their part about fitting it onto one side of a... I don't know. To make it cheaper or something. I don't know. I don't know, because you could... I mean, they had tapes anyway. But. Yeah, anyway. Um, 
so Blizzard Beast is also the first album to feature their now permanent drummer, Horg, who also currently plays for Hypocrisy. Oh. Uh, and Horg brought a lot of stability and focus to the band, who at this point were basically a duo. Um, what having a full-time drummer really allowed them to do was focus on their instruments. Um, and I think it probably let them expand their horizons a lot instead of having to write the entire album as a duo. When I'm sure you're thinking while you're writing your guitar and bass parts, you're like, how am I going to play drums to this? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, so the, this, unfortunately the stability that Horg would bring, uh, would prove to be short lived because in 1997, shortly after the release of blizzard beasts, uh, demon as would diagnosed with tendinopathy, which is not tendinitis as every, website on the internet is, I didn't is do it. quickly to point out it's not tendonitis <laughs> okay okay got it good dr vargas <laughs> it was just it was the first thing i, I just like tendonitis versus tendinopathy and it was like they're not the same okay yeah Jesus we can see it's spelled Christ. differently <laughs> yeah um basically tendinopathy causes pain in your tendons but it's not related to swelling it's different yeah that's the difference yeah what's the pain in my heart <laughs> what's that that means i've left for the day oh uh, so demon ass couldn't play the insane buzzsaw guitars that immortal required because of his tendinopathy. Um, despite that, Aboth and Horg didn't abandon demon ass and he can keep saying Aboth, even after you told Abbeth. me it's Damn not it. Aboth. That's because I'm used to saying Aboth, Abbeth, Abba. <laughs> we got there. Got it. We tie every episode back to Abba. If you're a first time listener there, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we are the dancing Queens, baby. Uh, so d- despite that, Abbott and Horg didn't abandon Demon As, and he continued to be the band's lyricist and function as a manager. Uh, he toured with the band. He gave press releases and album updates. He was basically a non-playing member of the band. He was totally in 100%, which I think is super admirable on the other two dudes' parts. Yeah. He's a founding member. He, he wants to continue with the band. He continues writing lyrics. So fuck it. Yeah, you're in the band. You're going to tour with us. You're going to be a dude with the band. Um, fortunately, Immortal would soldier on with Abbott picking up guitar duties for the next album at the heart of winter. Uh, and that's where the band would really embrace the, the new sound that they kind of toyed with on Blizzard Beasts. Um, again, it, it leaned more towards the, the, like a black and thrash thing. Um, and as these albums continued on, they incorporated more and more, um, melodic elements to it, which it kind of seems like most bands do they get three albums out and then they're like well i'm a lot better at guitar now and i want to play better guitar parts so they start folding in more and more melodic elements um immortal did the same thing damned in black was the next album that came out and continued to tighten the band's sound um and all this while too they're improving their production qualities um they they contacted um Peter shit. I didn't write his name down and I should have. Um, is it Tagtron? Yes. Thank you. Hypocrisy. Yeah. yeah. Peter Tagtron. He produced, uh, everything from blizzard beasts to, uh, sons of Northern darkness. And I, I, cause I don't think he did all shuffle, but guess who produced a lot of, uh, Amon Marth. Oh dude. He produced every good album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he c- continued to push the production better and better and away from like that traditional kind of, low fidelity black metal sound, Mm. which you pair that with the melodic elements and you get, you get immortal. Um, 
So Damned in Black continued to tighten the band's sound and pave the way for the band's crowning achievement, Sons of Northern Darkness. I didn't read any reviews for Sons of Northern Darkness uh, because I don't give a shit about what anyone else has to say, say about that album. Any review about that is, uh, <laughs> if you ask somebody for a review, you're going to get a fucking earful about black metal as a whole. Yeah. Uh, so don't do it. Um, and in my humble but correct opinion, uh-huh. <laughs> if you don't think Sons of Northern Darkness is one of, if not the greatest black metal album ever made, uh, you are wrong. Interesting. If you listen to Tyrants one by one or the title track and don't end up headbanging, you need to turn in your metalhead card. <laughs> and you only get one of those per, per life. You so. only get one. Yeah. You, it's issued at birth. You can choose to use it or not. Yep. But if ever Tyrants comes on and you don't headbang, give it, give it up. You got you to gotta forfeit it. You can mail it to us. We don't make those rules. <laughs> I mean, Satan made those rules. He did. Uh, the album was a huge work for the band, which at this point was basically back to a duo. Uh, Abbott played guitar, did vocals, and their current, at the time, bassist recorded a single track. He recorded one by one and then quit. Sick. So Abbott had to do vocals, guitar, bass, write all those parts. Horg did drums. Demon Az wrote the lyrics. Well, I mean... <laughs> He's committed. He's committed. Um, but a- I mean, after doing all of that work, um, he-, he was tired. He was he was tired. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And he he himself said that kind of a rift grew between him and Demon Az, um, which resulted in Immortal splitting up in 2003. Um, basically, everything I've read was that Immor- um, uh, Abbott was was feeling very conflicted. He was frustrated that demon as was present but couldn't play um and that the entire work of putting together an album was basically on abbott's shoulders yeah which is it's understandable it's a lot of complicated emotions you got a friend and a buddy who like physically can't play guitar but you have to do all the work yeah it's It's complicated yeah and and understandable it's big if i couldn't use my mouth and you had to do all of if i had to if i had to do both parts of this conversation (laughs) Yes. Based on a script you wrote. Yep. Yeah. I would get maybe a little frustrated. Yeah. There's a lot of shit talking myself in here. Uh. <laughs> God, why? Well, I have to roast myself four <laughs> times an episode and I'm tired of it. Um, so Abbott and, and Demon Ads would actually end up reuniting uh, only two years later in 2005, uh, teaming up with original immortal drummer Armageddon, Ice Dale, and King of Hell to make the band an album I. Good luck Googling it, but it is a good album. Because it's just called I, the letter. Yeah, no, I've I've tried. It's a, isn't it just a 20-minute song, though? No, it's a whole album. I'm thinking of something else. You're thinking of I, the Meshuggah album. Is that's a, why it's a single. Yeah. yeah did track. everybody, did it pick up my eyes rolling out of my head on the mics? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, you go ahead and pick them up and put them back in your sockets. Um, Whoa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so after that, um, I, I don't know, kind of reunion. Uh, Immortal would reunite for real in 2007 with a string of summer, summer shows, including a classic show at Vakken, which was recorded and released as the seventh date of Blaschker. Sure, man. Everybody knows the seventh date of Blaschker. <laughs> I'm going to get into Blaschker at the end, okay? Um, so All Shall Fall, a- after after the, the string of shows, they decided to do another album, and All Shall Fall came out in 2009. 
and wasn't as well received as sons of northern darkness was but you know come on neither was injustice for all after master of puppets it's true uh it did chart at 162 in the u.s for whatever that's worth it's something it's i've never released an album at 162 <laughs> on the u.s charts. yeah 160 but you'll get there uh after all shall fall all shall fall uh some shit went down um the end result was abbott leaving the band and i was really hoping to put together like a, a comprehensive and understandable like timeline mm-hmm. of what happened between the band but i haven't been able to find anything that doesn't include like both sides so this is really one of those things where like each the band has their side abbott has his side somewhere in the middle i'm sure is the truth what is the vargas truth what do you believe well so here's basically my understanding about what happened um there was a lot of missed rehearsal and not a lot of progress made on a new album after all shall fall Okay. They were due to deliver a new album to Nuclear Blast in like 2012 or something. Um, and again, from what I gather, Abbott really wanted to get it done. He was like, we need to get this shit out the door. Now, the band says that Abbott canceled rehearsals because of drugs and alcohol. Abbott says that the band wasn't going as quickly as they he wanted to or they needed to do. So... Basically, what ended up happening um, was that Abbott applied for a trademark on the immortal name so that he could basically continue immortal without having to involve Demon Az, right? So he was like, we've got this album basically like 80% done right now. I'm going to get the immortal trademark, finish this shit with whoever I can find to finish it and, yeah. and get it out the door. Um, obviously that trademark was denied because Abbott isn't the sole creative force in the band. You've got demon as there. Uh, so he decided to just walk away and form a new band called Abbott. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, like I said, based on interviews from both Abbott and demon as the follow up to all shall fall was about 80% done at the time of Abbott leaving. And most of that material ended up on Abbott's first solo album. Um, unfortunately for immortal that meant they had to start from scratch on the next record. So that was in 2015. Again, All Shall Fall came out in 2009. Yeah. So that's a big gap already between albums. Then they had to start over. So eventually in 2018, Immortal released Northern Chaos Gods featuring Demon Az on vocals and guitar. Looks like his tendinopathy cleared up. It did. Well, he had a surgery to fix it. That's good. Um, from what I read, it was like his muscle like separated from the bone or something, or it was Jesus like Christ. it was in the process of separating. So they didn't catch it on the initial like x-rays or something, but he went to the doctor. The doctor was like, oh, here's what's going on. So he had some surgeries and got it fixed. Good. And he's like back to like 90% of what he was before the diagnosis. Yeah. So he's able to play guitar again. He sings for Immortal now. He's a band singer, um, and Horg is still on drums. Um, so that's basically where Immortal is now. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. So Abbott sent, or, or uh, for, you know, formed Abbott. Yeah. So Sun- Northern Chaos Gods came out in 2018, mm-hmm. and the previous Immortal album was in 2009. Now, Abbott released 2016. Uh-huh. Do you think that is actually the next, like with all this stuff that they had written, quote unquote, or in Abbott's head and all this stuff? Do you think, is that the actual next Immortal album that would have been? 
I mean, yeah, I, I think I think he took everything they had from rec- recording, rehearsing, whatever, this previous unreleased Immortal album yeah. and used it as his, because that's what he wanted to do. That's why he applied for the trademark. Right. So, yeah, if you if you listen to Abbott by Abbott <laughs> yeah. from 2016, think of that as the last Immortal record with Abbott. Right. I mean, it's just, it doesn't, spiritually. it doesn't feature anyone else from Immortal. Which, well, yeah, but, you know, besides the Demon Az is writing lyrics and everything, so yeah. he wasn't playing on it. And um, Demon Az is still credited for, uh, oh, it's, an, that's funny. What? I, I was just looking at a bath. Yeah. Abath, the studio album, and uh, there's an immortal cover on there. <laughs> he, he, co- he covered Nebula Raven's Winter, and but he it is credited for Demon Az yeah. in there, but uh, it's just funny to me. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, Abath, the title, self-titled album is basically an immortal record that he probably changed a little bit of shit. The lyrics are probably totally different. Um, but yeah, that's that's where Immortal is. Um, Abbott has released two solo records between, you know, he got the one in 2016, he released one in 2019, um, and he's got another one due this year, which I think gives credence to his statements, his feelings that Immortal is not putting out albums quick enough. He wants to be putting out records. All the time. And he he does. Um, And we're still waiting for even an album announcement, a follow-up to Northern Chaos Gods. It might be the last one. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Um, So my one immortal fun fact. Well, I've got like one and a half. Um, Most of the lyrics focus on a realm called Blashgear. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. You just did. I, you well, got it, baby. I tried. It's it's spelled B L A S H Y R K H. So Blaskier. Yeah. Good luck. Um, <laughs> breath at the end, which is said to be quote demon and battlefield. Hell yeah. And a quote fusion of gothic, Nordic, and heroic themes. The idea for Blaskier came about from Demon as and Abbott's feeling of isolation when living in Bergen. They created Blash Gear to mirror those feelings, basically on Norway, including winter landscapes, the woods, mountains, darkness, all that kind of nonsense stuff. So can't wait for that tabletop RPG. Well, so that's the thing, right? When you I, I think it's a fun bookend to this story to talk about Blash Gear because Immortal is what would have happened to Christian Vickerness. <laughs> yeah i love that if he wouldn't have been such a fucking asshole yeah 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 because immortals writing about their fantasy realm yep which he is all about they don't take themselves so fucking seriously yeah i was gonna say do they explain the rules in their songs (laughs) about the uh their their realm i don't think they do um but you know it just abeth and demon as came from the same fucking background. Yeah. I mean, everybody should know the name Bergen in Norway. Cause yeah. like everybody was from there. It's the, it's the home of black metal. Yeah. And it just, it's the opposite side, two sides of the same coin, right? They're both making black metal. They're both successful. Only immortal is like not a bunch of fucking pretentious dickheads. Yeah. And Christian is. <laughs> yeah yeah um 
the the other fun fact I had that plays into the same thing. Uh, I watched a little interview with Abbott and any interview with him is um, something. Yeah. Um, but they, they were talking about his corpse paint and because they were one of the first bands to do corpse paint. Um, but Abbott said it's, it's not corpse paint because they're not trying to be dead. Sure. They're not trying to be dead bodies. He said it's war paint, mm. but it's not just war paint. It's demon war paint. Well, <laughs> we've never seen that, so we don't know. Maybe he's right. Right. Is that he does look otherworldly. He does. I'll give him that. He does. Um, but I think that just goes to show that like immortal doesn't really give two shits about anything. They're yeah. just going to come out and do, do what they want to do. They're going to do what they want to do. Hey, that's a good life lesson. You <laughs> yeah. know, if you're going to have a hero in 2022, <laughs> make it a demon warrior. <laughs> that can be your hero because you know what? They'll never disappoint you. That's right. They'll never come out as pedophiles. Well, no, nope. are demons. They just eat. They just eat. Oh, they eat the babies. They eat the babies. They don't. Yeah, they don't diddle them. <laughs> yep. That's uh. So remember that. No heroes or demon warriors for 2022. <laughs> hey, that was. You should give your own your yourself a uh, pat on the back. There, that was a good job. I give myself a pat on the bum. I guess so. You don't have to do it. I'm the only one that can see it. You you don't have to keep doing it. You don't have to look me in the eyes when you do it either. (laughs) It's it's an imitation. (laughs) That was uh, Monomarth versus Immortal. Uh, Both great bands. You should listen to more of both of them. Um, Follow us on social media so you can vote because we need your votes for these. We got to you got to know you got to tell us which one is the best so we can then either agree or disagree with you. (laughs) Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the onslaught pod. And if you don't have those, you can email us at the onslaught podcast at gmail.com. Uh, subscribe to us, whatever you listen to us on. If you don't want to be on Spotify, that's great. Cause we're on a lot of other stuff. We're on Google play. We're on Apple. Uh, we're on a couple smaller ones, stitcher, I think soundcloud. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're out there. If, if you are boycotting Spotify, that is, that is great. That is your own thing. We're not big enough to do that. Mr. Young. Uh, Neil, if Doing, you're out there, yep. make sure and uh, you know you can listen to us wherever you want. Wherever you want. You don't have to go to your enemies. Uh, again, we are just we we don't have the luxury of of taking our things off of a platform just because we think Joe Rogan is a fucking knob. Um, we we lead ourselves on Spotify so that his fans stumble across us. That's right, and learn that he's a like, knob. Oh shit! These guys are actually speaking true. They're not just asking questions. They're <laughs> telling right. me answers. So. <laughs> I need to listen to these guys. Uh, so we appreciate all all of the uh, the listens, and uh, we do want to see you follow us on all those things and vote. Uh, playlist for this should be out on Tuesday uh, for this episode, so go check that out. And um, anything else? Yeah. Um, if you're in the Kansas City area, March 6, 1 p.m., uh, Cinderblock Brewing, we're doing a Mario Golf charity tournament uh, benefiting Hope House. You heard the stinger at the top of the episode, but be sure to come out if you can. If you can't, go to Hope House's uh, website and donate. You can do one time. You can do recurring. Um, we're just trying to get some money into some good hands. Good domestic violence shelter here in Kansas City doing a lot of good work. Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun. Check that out. Um, we'll see you there. Let us know if you listen to us on debates or the onslaught so uh, we know which one to put more money into. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We don't have money. Uh, That's it from us. And remember, never forget, your favorite band sucks.